Welcome to the Hardy Mom Podcast. My mom has tips and tricks to help you live well with health challenges. She'll even tell you how to get your kids to help out. Wait, what? Your health challenged, girl, I get it. Feeling anxious, depressed, don't you sweat it. You felt alone with no one to go to. Finally, someone is here who gets you. So Hi, I'm Jen Hardy, collector of eclectic diseases, mystifier of physicians, mom of seven, and wife of an amazing veteran. I want to thank you for joining me this week and apologize that I didn't have an episode for you last week and also apologize for my voice and a little bit loud breathing because we're still getting rid of a plague-like flu that has now been going on in our entire family for about 10 days. So enough of that. Let's start talking about how to deal with a new diagnosis. If you or someone you know has recently gotten a diagnosis, you know how scary it can be. So I'm going to talk about seven steps to coping with a new diagnosis. And on the website, hardymom.com, there's a whole page of all kinds of different things that will help you cope. Just go to hardymom.com and look for the words new diagnosis at the top, and you'll get all the information you could ever have wanted. But today, we're just going to talk about the seven steps to coping. So step one, first of all, stay calm. It might seem unreasonable, especially if you've got a pretty serious diagnosis, but you're going to get through things a lot easier with a clear head. So remember, stop and take deep breaths often. It's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. And if you need to cry it out, go ahead. The grieving process is normal and it's healthy. But after that's over, it's time to sit down and focus on what you can improve and on getting better. Step two, find the best doctor to help you with your illness. Do your research and ask doctors and healthcare professionals you trust to refer you. Find out who they'd go to. Talk to your family and friends and get referrals from them. Know that online referrals can be helpful, but that companies can actually pay other companies to get fake reviews. So if you go to look for a doctor and you see only five-star reviews, and those reviews are from a bunch of people that have only ever given one review, they may not be real. So just keep that in mind. If you go to a doctor who makes you uncomfortable or you feel unheard, you need to get another doctor because this is your health and it's your life that you're dealing with. You won't hurt their feelings if you switch. And if you do, that's probably a sign that switching was a good idea because your doctor should have your health as their first priority and you finding the best doctor as your first priority. Step three is please don't Google yourself to death. I know the first thing that you're going to do is Google the diagnosis, but I'm talking in-depth research here. Yes, get yourself informed, reach out to others who are experiencing the same things that you're experiencing, but Don't try to find new problems for yourself. Google can be your friend, but when you're sick, it can quickly take you down a pretty dark rabbit hole of negativity. So when you're looking for answers online, find the sites for the disease itself. For instance, if you have MS, you could go to the MS Societies page and find factual information. Or if you have myasthenia gravis like I do, you could go to myasthenia.org. You get the point. Step four, talk to your family and friends. You need to let them know what's happening on your own time and what you need. 
People often want to help you. They just don't know how. And it's okay to tell them. Because if somebody says, oh, hey, just let me know whatever you need, and then never offers again, sometimes we feel really guilty asking for the help that we need. But if they've put it out there, please feel free to take them up on it. And if you think they didn't really mean it, and they didn't, then they're just not going to follow through. And you know next time not to ask that person. So having having them help you out with maybe taking the kids for a little while or bringing meals, that's a great way to get through the beginning. And it's going to take the burden off of you. And while they're there, you can talk to them if you want to. But you also have permission to tell them you're not ready to talk or you don't want to talk about it. And that's okay too. Also, be sure to include your children in some of these discussions. They're going to handle your diagnosis much better if they're informed. But if they just hear snippets of conversations of you and other people, they might assume the worst and they're going to worry much more than if you sit them down and have a straightforward conversation. If you just don't know how to talk to your kids or it's really uncomfortable, listen to episode 33 of the Hardy Mom podcast where Diane Sloan, a mom with stage four cancer, talks about how to do it. In step five, find other people with the same diagnosis that you have so you can talk to them. No one quite understands exactly what you're going through like they're going to. Find a safe and private group, either at a local medical facility or online. But another note, caution of safety here. If it's online, make sure your group is they have privacy protected because as you know, certain big social media sites sell all your information. Even if the group is private, Facebook still has everything that you're writing in there and they don't promise not to sell private information. They let you know up front that it's all fair game. So don't keep your problems bottled up inside, but be cautious with what you share and who you share it with. Step six, Remember that your new diagnosis does not define who you are. You are still you. And while your body might need some different treatment, that doesn't change your you-ness. So while you get used to the word, whatever the word is that labels what your body is going through or your mind is going through, just remember that your name is still your name. It doesn't change to your diagnosis. And on your really bad days, it's going to be something that's really important to remember. Step seven, do not succumb to guilt. This is not your fault. You didn't bring it on yourself. You're still going to be able to have a satisfying life. And you're still the parent your children were meant to have. So I'd like you to hear that again. You are the mom your child or children was meant to have, even in the situation that you're in right now. Feeling guilty doesn't make things any better. It just sucks your energy. So it's okay that your child has to start making lunches or dinners or cereal for themselves in the morning, even if that's not something that you would normally do. It's teaching them how to grow up. It's teaching them how to be caring for others. And if the rest of your family has to jump in a little bit, that's okay. It's normal and healthy. And that's what family does. It doesn't take anything away from you being an amazing mom that you're going through this right now. Okay, so don't succumb to that guilt. So those are the seven steps. But I've also got a bonus. I have talked to a lot of moms that are going through dealing with a new diagnosis. And most of them ask the same kinds of questions. So I thought I'd let you know what they are and give you the answers to them. 
so that you don't need to look any further. Okay. Um, what, what do you do when you first get your diagnosis? I would say follow the seven steps that I just gave you. Keep breathing. You will get through this. And how are you supposed to feel with a new diagnosis? Honestly, however you feel is how you're supposed to feel. Remember, this is your diagnosis and your body. But also remember that the people around you are going to have feelings about it too. You're not only going to be dealing with your emotions, but theirs as well. Sometimes they're going to lash out because they're afraid. Or sometimes, as what happened with my older kids and my family, they're going to completely ignore the fact that you have this diagnosis and pretend like you're perfectly fine and capable of doing everything, even if some things are a struggle. And that can seem really hurtful. It was for me until my daughter explained it to me. And she said it was their way of coping. They saw me as being a strong, caregiving mom, and they couldn't bear to see me any other way. So that is how they got through the first few years of me being really sick. If you're really struggling, though, or your family's really struggling, please get help for yourself or your family or all of you as a group. You can go a couple times to a group counselor, and that may just be all that you need to get through it and to learn how to communicate better about it. Because it's new for everybody. Another question is, where do I find help for my new diagnosis? So we touched on that a little bit before. Start with your doctor. See if there's a local support group. If you join an online support group, again, make sure that it's private, okay? And then other help you might need is durable medical equipment, things like wheelchairs or canes or things like that. You can ask local support groups or even churches if they have supplies to give out or loan. Our local church does. Also, the MDA, the Muscular Dystrophy Association, has help for people who have the diseases that they cover, like muscular dystrophy, ALS, myasthenia gravis, those kinds of things. So check out the organization for your illness and see if they've got help for you too. And a lot of times it's free. So that makes it extra nice. Also, I know from personal experience that the Muscular Dystrophy Association also has help with social workers and people to line up all kinds of different help. So definitely reach out to those organizations and find out what they can do for you. It's okay to ask for help. Another question is, who is going to help me get through this diagnosis? Well, hopefully you have people who love you that can support you, but I understand that not everyone does. The people you meet in your support groups are going to help you. People at church can help. And if they don't, there is another church in the next town that might be able to. And I can help you find help too. Just contact me, hardymom.com slash contact. That is why I'm doing this podcast episode. That's why I've got this whole huge page about it on the website. I have been through all of this. When I first got really sick in 2013, I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old and five teenagers. One of them had just gone into the Navy and was deployed to the Persian Gulf. It was tons of stress. My husband was working an hour away, so he was gone 10 to 12 hours a day. And I had to figure out how to do all the things when I was either in the hospital or in a wheelchair. And there were stairs going out of my bedroom to the rest of the house, so I was literally stranded in my bedroom. So that is how all of this started, Hardy Mom and the podcast and the book. So I've got so many answers. So please contact me if you have questions, because I would really love to help. Another question is, what is going to happen to my kids if I get sick? Okay, this is a question 
that nobody wants to deal with, especially when you're a young mom, you've got your life ahead of you, and you've got this beautiful little baby and these little kids, or even when you've got teenagers, you're looking at them thinking, I just want to be here and take care of you forever, and I'm always going to be home. But I can tell you, I spent six separate weeks in the hospital in one year, and I didn't have a plan before that. You need to make a plan. This is your time right now. It's not fun to think about what would happen to your kids if you got really sick or worse. But even if you're healthy, even if you're perfectly healthy, and you're listening to this because you know somebody with a diagnosis, if you're a parent, you have to have a plan in place that would take care of your kids if you couldn't. Don't let the state decide if something happens to you, what would happen to your kids, okay? A lot of attorneys offer free consultations to discuss those matters and think about who you would want to take care of them for a day or a week or longer and make sure you talk to those people and make sure that they're on board. They're really tough decisions and this is a rotten thing to think about, but unfortunately better now than when it's too late. Okay. And you're in the hospital because that's rough. All right. Not that I'm saying your new diagnosis is going to put you there because maybe it's something very simple and this is just new and stressful and not life altering, but those decisions still need to be made. Okay. Getting off my soapbox now. Sorry about that. Okay. Last question. Will my relationship survive my new diagnosis? Or if I don't have a serious relationship, will I be able to have one? Will I be able to have a husband or a boyfriend or is mine going to leave? Your relationship should survive. Your husband should stick by it and should support you. But unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. And if he doesn't, as much as it hurts, he's not the one for you. And that's rotten. But most people can handle it, even if they need a little bit of time to process what's happening before they deal with it the way you'd like them to. So if you come home and share something or you bring your spouse to the doctor's office and they tell you about something, he may be quiet or he may need a little bit of time to deal with it. And the best thing you can do is give him that time. Give your family and kids that time, just like you're going to need time. And I know that you just want to fall into the arms of somebody and have them say, everything's going to be okay. And I am giving you an air hug right now saying, everything is going to be okay. You can handle this and it's going to be okay. And if you're single now, you will be able to have a relationship with someone who understands. It's just going to take a little time for you to make peace with things and make peace with your body. And then you're going to be ready to take on the world because no matter what it is, you can get through it. Okay. So I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. There is so much more information about all of this. Hardymom.com. Go up to the very top. You'll see a button that says new diagnosis. Click on it. It's going to get you all the help that you need. And like I said before, please feel free to reach out to me. It doesn't have to be scary or terrifying. It may feel like that in the beginning, but you are strong enough to handle it because you are an awesome, strong mom and you've got this. So I hope you have a wonderful, blessed week and I look forward to talking to you next week. I've been there, I've done that too with a hearty mom podcast. Yeah, I'm here for you. Tips and 
tricks here that will help you. There's advice from experts and in interviews. Find time to be with your kids and family. I can help you get it done easily. So premenopausal or postpartum, all stages of womanhood, girl, we've got them. I've been there, I've done that too, with the Hardy Mom Podcast, yeah, I'm here for you.